0: so there's some people that might say something like we live in a moral universe and there's other people that might say something like no we don't we live in a random cold harsh cosmos that doesn't know about us or care about us and uh there's no um principles to the to life that are uh other than something like uh, pleasure and pursuit of pleasure and avoidance of pain So what's the deal with that? Is the universe, quote-unquote, moral or not? So the first thing we have to say is that whenever we try to answer complicated-sounding questions like this, if we try to answer them uh, with our colloquial, meaning everyday, commonplace understandings of terms and our conceptions, uh, it's going to be a no-go. Chances are we're going to get something ridiculous. Why? Well, uh, uh, here we'd have to touch upon how we understand words, and an interesting way to think about it is that we quote-unquote stocking stuff terms, meaning we, let's say we hear a term and and somebody asks us, do you know this term or not? For example, car, sky, home, love, justice, truth. What do we say? If we've heard the term, we say, absolutely, I know it. So somebody says, well, define the term. So we then think about other terms that, that sound right, and we say it's these terms. Somebody says, define those terms it's those terms right it's other terms and other terms and we see, if we really think about it we may not know exactly what it means and there's no simple linear synthetic connection to some kind of very simple concept for example if we're asked what does four mean we can say very simply there's a very simple connection between the sound four and the sounds two and two meaning a variation and a variation seen together uh, in light of some kind of objective with another variation, another variation is variation, 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 variation. It's what we call force. So this is simple enough. But if somebody says define truth, <laughs> that's what we've been trying to do as, uh, as as human beings for a long, long time unsuccessfully, right? So what do what we and, but a person says, I do know what it means. So what, what is it that's in, in our mind when we say something like, yeah, I know what truth means or I know what justice means or I know what love means? It's, it's the usage of the term. It's that we've used it so many times and, and in so many contexts that we have, we've stocking stuffed it. There's emotions in there. There's memories. There's uh, our, our kind of sense of how we use it and when we use it and when it's appropriate and the kind of reaction it'll elicit from somebody and the kind of emotional reaction it'll elicit from us. And so forth and so on, right? The, the g- great example is the term love. How many times do we use the term love? And yet, somebody could say, I love uh, ice cream. And in the next uh, uh, sentence, they'll, they'll say, I love the, uh, you my, to my significant other, right? And yet, the first case, the, the ice cream was eaten. And we can only hope that in the second case, the outcome is different. But we see the same word. So how, how can it be? What is there? A clear definition? No, it's some kind of abstract thing. It's, again, emotions, how something makes me feel, this, this feeling of warmth, right? But a technical clear definition is not, certainly not what we just naturally have in mind for technical terms. So consequently, when we come in with our stocking stuff terms, and then we try to answer uh, a philosophically, so to speak, complicated uh, question, we're just going to get nonsense, right? And this is where we get these, these ridiculous uh, debates from pseudo uh, thinkers, pseudo philosophers, oh, I believe in Freedom of the will, I don't believe in freedom of the will. I believe that life has a meaning. I believe life doesn't have a meaning like when we're functioning on that level, which is the expectation. That's perfectly fine. There's not obvious that's that's exactly how it's supposed to be unless we've taken time to, to, to do something else. but we should just acknowledge that. we should say, I don't know, for example, in a question, does life have meaning? I don't know what meaning is. So that should be the answer. I don't know what life is. I haven't thought about it. I haven't spent many, many years thinking about these things in a deep level that's the answer it's not yeah yeah i think life has meaning you know i think life doesn't have meaning right <laughs> come on we can't be that, that uh, on that kind of amateur level right so for a question like this we cannot just say yeah yeah you know i, I think the, the it's a moral uh, universe it's not a moral universe it's just uh all, you know materialistic it's all right it's not not the way to go you have to concisely define things and clarify things beyond the, the stocking stuffer syndrome, if that's what we want to call it. So here, how, how could we go about doing this? So maybe an easy place to start is universe. What does this term mean? So we have it stocking stuffed with uh, pictures from NASA, with things with, when we look up at the sky, with our concept of a, of a large space, and so forth and so on. But what can we clearly elucidate concerning this term? So here there's a very interesting uh, uh, thought that, that we can consider. So we assume that we see touch. Let that sink in for a second. because This is actually a crazy thought. What that means is that we, we have so... Those of us that are fortunate enough to have been born with sight or the, the, the uh, capacity to see and to touch, we have established such a strong connection between the two senses that when we see something, we assume that we are seeing the touch. So for example we might see uh, a rock and we immediately think of what it's like to feel a rock. So we almost like feel when we see that we're touching the rock almost, right? We say that's a solid, real thing, right? It, it, it's, it's, it's self-evident. And, and we, we see a tree and so many times, I don't know how many times you've touched a tree, but enough as little kids, we probably climb trees and stuff like that, potentially. So we, we have so connected that the further experience is possible in, con- uh, in conjunction with the sight of a tree that we think I see that and, and immediately, again, that sense of solidity, pressure, resistance, touch, texture, and so forth and so on. But if we clearly think about it, this is certainly not so. How can we prove it to ourselves very easily and quickly? There's such a thing as holograms. I remember one time I was at a museum and uh, I saw uh, there was a touch display and there's a, a bottle uh, laying in like a little case. So I reached out to grab the bottle and my hand went through the bottle and I could, I, my mind was completely blown. I don't think there was a warning uh, and even if there was, it's a completely realistic bottle. There was no way at all that you can look at it as close as you want to say, oh, this is not a real bottle. It absolutely looked like a real bottle and yet my hand went through it. So we see holograms. It's not that that's the proof, but it's just the easy thing that we are all probably familiar with that can very clearly illustrate this notion to us. It's sight and touch are two different senses. We can see the exact same thing. Like with the bottle, in one case, we can only see it. And in another case, we can also touch it. But even when we could theoretically touch it, we're still saying the same thing as we would with a hologram. right? Again, let's say we're looking at a rock. Well, that could be replaced with a hologram and we would see the same exact thing. Let's say we're seeing a tree. That could be replaced with a hologram. We'll be seeing the same exact thing. So again, disregard the, the specific... of hologram. The hologram in itself has nothing to do with it. It's simply to illustrate this point. So this takes a while to disjoin these two senses because we have them connected so much. It's like the the smell of uh, chocolate chip cookies and the concept called chocolate chip cookies. The smell is different than the taste, although it helps out with it. The smell is different than the feel of the chocolate chip cookie. The smell is different than our memories, although it leads to them, but it's something qualitatively different than our recollection of eating chocolate chip cookies right? And yet, yeah, whenever we smell chocolate chip cookies, all of that comes to mind, so we think it's the same thing, but it's not. It's different things. So sight and touch are different senses. So consequently, when we see something, the, 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 it is, that's one thing. And then to touch it, that's another thing. Now, our entire concept of extension and solidity apparently comes from the sense of touch, meaning there is no further reason to presume that there is a separate quality to what we see in addition to what we touch and and from that the entire concept of there being a physical reality hangs on the ability to touch something all right so again and we say oh but there's equations there's physics but these are all things that account for appearances no amount of physics can get past the appearances it's accounting for what we see for our experiments which we comprehend in terms of our senses right with our sight and our touch and, and such and trying to then uh, 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 kind of uh, apply the notion of periodicity to it, meaning uh, um, mathematics, uh, uh, single units, and going from there. Right? It's not that. It's not a shortcut. It's not around our senses or anything like that. So this whole notion again of of a physical extension uh, that that is something other than what we touch, it comes from the sense of touch. So in other words. What seems to be going on here, and again, this is, this is kind of, this is a, some original work here and some speculation, so it could certainly be wrong, but it, what, what might be the case here is that we have, uh, a, a, let's say there's a rock. We've touched it so many times that we have imp- very deeply tied in with the sight of a rock. We have this sight. Okay, I can't fully squeeze my hand. I can't, uh, I feel a sense of resistance and pressure. Uh, I feel a given texture. I'm, I might feel that it's a little cooler, a little warm or hot if it was in the sun all of these things, and then this forms a a sort of notion, a a kind of understanding, so then when we go and we touch the rock and we feel these same types of things, we forget that that is what we are feeling, and we think we're feeling something else, what we call extension and, and physicality, which is fine, but it is the, it's not anything other than the touch, but again, we forget to consider that, and consequently, we think it is something other than the touch, So anyhow, what does this have to do with this? Is is there a moral universe? So our concept that there is a, a, a universe that's extended in a way that has nothing at all to do with our understanding and our sensations comes from forgetting that what we mean by extension is a sense of touch, which is, we would say, exclusively our own extremely difficult to get past this prejudice, again, because we look out on our sight and we say, no, that is there, has nothing to do with me. But that cannot be so, because the sight is the sight. The sight is not the touch. And the touch is the touch, which is contingent on touch. Now, how the touch and the sight come about in relation to what cause, that's a big question. But it cannot be that what our naive version of uh, that there's something... Uh, of things that just expressed in senseless words and and such and things like that 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 is literally how things are and really this whole concept came around probably from from a misplaced literalism probably from we would say 18th uh or 17th century thought where uh, there there was a bunch of guys they really loved math they wanted to say that everything was mathematical that nothing had anything to do with with our senses that there was a distinction between primary quote unquote and secondary Uh, um, uh, qualities right meaning secondary qualities we all understand heat cold uh, color uh, uh, chocolate chip but taste of chocolate chip cookies all this we we get that it's not uh, it's not just there in the object that it has to it has to do with us but then these thinkers made a distinction no but there's also primary qualities the shape the extension the mass excuse me and all of this and consequently excuse me, this entire worldview that is now accepted uh, just in a package wholesale, without any further thought, it probably developed out of this kind of misplaced literalism and naivety concerning primary and secondary qualities and the nature of extension. So anyhow, is there a universe? Absolutely. But is this universe something which is, has nothing at all to do with what we may term ourself? Again, depending on how we term ourself, that would not be a prudent statement uh to make. It has something to do, whatever we can possibly mean by universe, it has something to do with what we might mean by ourselves, depending on how we define ourselves. So consequently, uh, we, we would have to probably bust apart this uh, the, the the very naive and thoughtless notion that um excuse me. That, uh, uh, that 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 there is a separate, quote unquote, cold mechanistic uh, universe that has absolutely nothing to do with with the the life that that is found in it, and is just kind of there, sit sitting and and stuff like that. It's, it would be very very difficult to really clearly express what what we can mean by that in light of what we said of our underst- uh, uh, clear understandings concerning primary and secondary qualities and the nature of extension and the fact that this whole concept hangs on the sense of touch as opposed to the sense of sight, uh, right? Meaning what we say, uh, there's a, the stars are real. Absolutely, we're not gonna deny they're real, but what we mean is that we see something, which is what it is, and it's a sign for what we could touch if we traveled there. But what does it mean to say they're real in a different way? That's all the information we have. We, we speculate that we could touch them, but obviously we're not touching the light that we understand to have traveled for who knows uh, how many light years. We're not, gonna, we're not gonna touch that, right? So we're not gonna touch the sight, we're just going to have a sense of touch, potentially, theoretically, we speculate that we could ha- our sense of touch could be stimulated if we travel long enough. Okay, we say it's so. We're not going to say it's not true. It's true. But why from there, what, how do all, the, all these other notions come in, right? Like that it, it, we can't even deny something because to deny it, it has to be. So we're not going to say, oh, the other notions are not true or it's, it, it's false or it's an illusion. We're not going to say that, but we, we, what we could say that's more safe is to say that there's a bunch of words, there's a bunch of stocking stuffed words that are stuffed with a bunch of random imagery and emotions and thoughts from here and there, and then we say that this is literal and this is exactly so, this very vague, ambiguous mixture, and we say that is exactly what it really is. And that's not a, that then we could say is would be the, the incorrect or that would be an immature statement uh amateur and, and, and immature amateur statement to make concerning matters that's probably the safest bet there uh but anyhow so the we could uh, to step away from really breaking every single thing down we would say that this this kind of take on things suggests that not only uh is there a possibility that it's a moral universe but the 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 universe exists in subservience to uh what we might call <laughs> Now, see that's too sloppy. Now we don't want to say that. Uh, how would we put this? How would we put this? So now, right, so now, right, we have to. No, we're not going to try to do uh, make too many shortcuts, right? Because then we're going to say something silly. But what? Yeah, what we could say from there is that, uh, or, or what we could we can try from there to define what we mean uh, by morals. Sorry, there was a little break there. I had to pause because the the re- recording messed up, but. Hopefully it's not too uh too evident now that it is now it is that I said it though right but uh yeah so so how do we define morals so basically we we might say that there is uh, uh something such as 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 the good relative to anyone fit to measure it and that has to do with excuse me with uh, with necessary existence so we would kind of maybe put uh um across from, uh, from necessary existence, we would put our contingent uh, existence, our contingent experience. Uh, and then we would say that the good is, is moving toward the necessary existence. So consequently in as much as what we would call the universe is conceived in light of it's conceived in light of the same, how would we say it in French, raison or something that for the same cause uh, uh, that uh, these, compre- these the contingent perspectives exist, we would say that the universe is, is simply, might be best characterized this concept as a, as a kind of show, as a kind of backdrop to the, the, the moral struggle, to, to, the, uh, to the efforts of the, the contingent perspectives to, to uh kind of put themselves in relation with the, with the absolute with the necessary. Uh, so is it then a jump, a leap to say that the the universe is uh, is moral or is it not uh, or is it not a leap? We would say that it is we would say that it's not at all a leap and uh, that in fact that's the only. That's the default and, and self-evident uh, point of view, uh, and and uh, this misplaced literalism of the seventeenth uh, uh, century, and, and then maybe furthered up, I in the eighteenth and nineteenth century, and all the way up to the twentieth and twenty-first century. We would say that that is the the, uh, the absurd point of view that would need to be. The, the burden of proof rests with people that are uh, stating those kinds of sentences. And we would have to, a uh, person would have to explain what it may, how extension exists uh, aside from uh, uh, the information conveyed by the senses, what it what, what is a thing in itself, and how can it be uh, identified with the, the content of uh, perception. And uh, if a person can do that and then kind of, cleave off uh, the, the what we consider to be the self from those things in itself which apparently would not be the self then a person can make the, the argument that it's not a moral universe and that it's a cold mechanistic materialistic universe which we just happen to find ourselves in but until somebody does that, good luck it's very, it would be very very difficult to say the least, until somebody adequately and, uh, and properly does that uh, we would we we must stick with the assumption that it is a moral universe and to put it very plainly the the entire universe uh, all of the stars and all of that the, the whole backdrop of everything is is is, is simply it's like a, a play right and then there's like little uh there, there's uh things in the back that that make it appear right maybe it's in a jungle in a forest so it's the same thing it's just a backdrop it's just a backdrop for you and i to strive toward perfection the to strive toward the infinite, toward the absolute, and, and consequently ex- uh, be realizations of, uh, of the necessary, presumably, tendency, as opposed to arbitrary tendency uh, of the absolute, to do what it does. All right? So that's a much more friendlier perspective and take on things than, than the other one. But it may not be true at all, but we just we can think about it. All right? Thank you for listening.